0: On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters.
1: Monday's Experts, have hey, always got the good oil Pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race
0: One of my favourite segments every week is Monday's Experts. It's an opportunity to find out the story behind the name. It is Black Opal Week as well. This Sunday we'll be in the nation's capital with Racing HQ and the Canberra Cup on Monday for that time on a 2 two-year-old event. And, uh, well, very, very excited because our next guest on Monday's Experts is a legend in the Canberra region and uh, there at Queen And I speak of Frank Cleary. G'day, Frank. How are you, Dave? I'm very well, mate. It's wonderful to talk with you. What a career you have had, mate. Uh, I don't know how we're going to fit this in the next 25 minutes, but we're going to do our best. We might have to have a part two if we're right on and rolling with the stories. Mate, yeah. tell us right back at the start, Frank, where were you born?
1: In Queen Oh, actually in Canberra,
0: but my family lived in Queensland. Yeah. And... Your family uh, before you, your grandparents. Uh, was there horse racing in the family?
1: My dad used to break horses in for Alex Mackenzie, who was the leading trainer here, and he um, he married my sister Judy, and then my other sister Jane. She married City Carter, who'd come up to be stable rider. So yeah, I, I was sort of thrown in at a very young age, and I'd be getting there before school and knocking out the boxes, and then. In the afternoons, I'd duck down and drive a few trotters to work and then uh, go to footy training.
0: Fantastic. So, Frank, how were you at school? Ordinary. Ordinary. So it was all <laughs> just going was it all just going to be either footy or horses? Was that the, the two paths?
1: That was the two paths, yes, Yeah, they were
0: the two paths, mate. Yeah. Which school did you go to? Queanbeyan High. Queanbeyan High. Yeah. What, what was it like back in the day?
1: Well, it was good, you know, like um, I only race Saturdays and Wednesdays, so the only afternoon you sort of piss off early was Wednesdays yeah. and um, get get to the tab, and, or in those days, the old SP bookie back of the pub.
0: Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Gee, times have changed now, haven't they? Oh, geez, yeah. There's that many betting tabs and whatnot, betting agencies. It's, you know, it's not hard to get on. So you're going through school. School's not obviously exciting you. You're not getting into the algebra or the geography, but you're thinking about what you're driving that afternoon, whether it be behind the trotters or getting to the races on a Wednesday, Saturday. Tell us a little bit about, Frank, though, when you left school. What age were you?
1: Uh, 16, 15, 16.
0: And what did you go into? Did you go into the, straight into the industry or did you have a, oh, a job or a trade or...?
1: Now, my father got me a job at Drug Houses of Australia and they stuck me in the perfumery section and I was selling Helena Rubenstein and Max Factor and all of your land and uh, it wasn't really for Franco, so I thought this will, and when, when the week wages come, I got $11 something, so I thought, no, nah, no, nah, there's got to be another, another avenue for Franco. So then I went into the public service, all the boys were saying that it was a public service and then I... I lasted there for about three years, I suppose, in the public service. And then I, I took up the sales rep job with Sweps, And I really loved that job with Sweps because I'd get around all the country towns and I used to really loved going to Goulburn because I was playing footy at a pretty good level then. And they, the Goulburn people just hated me. So I said, i love going down there Thursdays and Fridays. <laughs> Actually, that's where I first met Zorba. It was at Goulburn. His family had a, a, a shop down there and um, that's where I first
0: met Zorba. Fantastic. When did you first start training on your own right?
1: Uh, About 72, 73. I I had my first runner, a horse called Ravenna, on Boxing Day 72, I think it was. And then uh, he he won at Cooma about a month later. That was my first winner. And then not long after that, I got on to my first good horse called Wayne's Bid. And, uh, well, he won everything. He won the Ajax Stakes, he won the Galaxy, things. That went about 23 races, which was a big kick for me at that stage of my career. Yeah, so
0: yeah. How, how many did you have in the stable when he came along?
1: About three. I had him in Great Step and... Um, uh that little one, the sewer, and um, Rebel, Rebel Rum, I think your name was. Yeah, three I had.
0: Wow, and you're already winning those type of races. So, in in... I know we're sort of jumping around a little bit here, but you, you mentioned that you obviously were working in the public service. You had the job at Swep. So when you got these good horses, had you spent time around good horses before? Like we hear, we hear about trainers who have gone through systems. They might've worked at Bart's or they've worked at Gays when I've interviewed them before. And they'd said, well, I, I sort of had a grasp on what a good horse was because I'd been around good horses. But had you sort of stumbled upon these, these great champions?
1: Not really, Alex' horses. They they'd win at Canberra and Queanbeyan and uh, probably Arkansas was the best one I, I looked after. He uh, he won three or four in town, and I, he actually um, did he win? He, yeah, he won the Canberra Cup. That's right. Yeah, we won the Canberra Cup at Arkansas. Norm Dicken's rodeo.
0: Have you yeah. have you won every major race in in Canberra? You have, just haven't?
1: About, you? Yeah, yeah, just about. Um, i won two black opals, and yeah. No, I haven't, I haven't won a Cambridge Cup in my own right, but I was looking after Arkansas when he won it.
0: So, so that's the it's, one. That's the one that got away. What about the Black Opal though? I mean, these couple of horses, um, this Clan o- the, the Clan uh, O'Sullivan. You got the two Beamers as well, and and you had that was it was special these Black Opals because you had J R involved, didn't you?
1: Oh, J R involved. Yeah, Look, I've um, I've had some wonderful owners over the year, like John McIntyre and. Um, Alex Smith, um, Brian Carney, you know, and John Steuart just come back on board. They've been wonderful owners to me over the years. So uh, it's good to have them still, still in the camp.
0: Wonderful. Tell us the story with him, mate, because you went to Magic Millions, and I think you purchased him for thirty-three thousand. The Clan we're speaking of, at the yeah. sale at the Gold Coast in ninety-one, and then he went to win. He won the Magic Millions Two-Year-Old Classic in, in January, and in May in ninety-two. So they had. Did they have two races that year? Did they?
1: Yeah, he um, he had an amazing two-year-old record. He had, uh, I think he had 10 starts for eight wins and two seconds. But he started off at Canberra when he won, then we took him to Canterbury, he won. Eagle Farm, he was a bit fat, and he ran second. And then he, or he was worried because he, he had a good blow after the Eagle Farm run. So I took him to Ballina, he won the Ballina Bracelet. And then he bolted in in the Magic Millions. And then we brought him back to Canberra for the Black Catawal Preview, which he won. And then he won the Black Opal. And then he won the Todman Slipper. And the Golden Slipper, less said the better. And then he went back to the Gold Coast and won the Australasian Classic. That was his two-year-old
0: career. Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny, too, because these days you'd never hear a two-year-old having that preparation, would you? They'd cuddle them.
1: Oh, no, no, no. But um, Tim... You know, he's, he's an American, a wonderful owner, but he had this thing about geldings. He said, if they're geldings, they've got to be raced. For mm. our so, plan, they're, they're two-stone light. He's had to go around.
0: <laughs> so how did, you, how did you get the horse? So so why did you purchase him?
1: When he was up at the Magic Millions, and I kept going back looking. I had Malcolm Johnson with me, actually. Him and I were looking at him, and I said, I really like this horse. Malcolm said, I mean, he's got bark off him everywhere. And I said, well, that, that means he's a fighter. That means he's tough. So... Yeah, we got him to 33,000 and I was trying to syndicate him here and couldn't do it. So then I ran Ken because he liked him and he had something to do with the stallion's opening. And Ken said, Yeah, I'll take him. And Merle and Connolly was there with him and they decided to take him straight away, which was good. So that saved me a lot of running around and um, it's history. What he you want do. to do? Are you
0: 33,000 or 31, that's a lot of money back in 91 though.
1: Oh yeah, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't pittance. you just had, had to try yeah. and find owners for him. Yeah, yeah. But I really, I really liked him. He was. A, he looked like a bloody three-year-old at the sales. So you when strong,
0: yeah. So when you galloped him, or when you got him back into to Canberra, when did you? When did you realise? Well, when did that? Because nowadays, you know, Joseph or whoever's training can they can send the email out straight away or the voice message. I'm tipping back then. It was maybe a meeting at a local pub. When was that conversation you had with the local owners to say, hey, we might um we might have a good horse here or did you keep it under wraps because you didn't want to get their hopes up?
1: No, no, no. Well, I actually rang Ken, he was in Guam and I said, You better come and watch this horse barrier trial. I said, I think you'd best to us your own. And uh, he you didn't want to know. Ken's filing out from Guam just to watch him barrier trial.
0: Straight <laughs> out from Guam, fair income.
1: Yeah, to watch him and the think thing that last. <laughs> Uh, I said, this is, this is nice, and I, we go back to the stables, and I checked his shins, and I checked him over, I thought he'd pull a muscle in the back, no, and I just um, grabbed his testicles, and he bloody nearly fell over, so I said, well, there's the problem, and um,
0: I'll Ken said, are it. Are we talking about Ken or Klan? What are we talking <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I should say that, no. no. <laughs> Uh, Clayno Sullivan, come on, Dave. Yeah, I
0: know, I know. It's a clean so, show, mate. I know. <laughs> 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 unless, unless your son, unless your son comes on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's a new ball game then. Oh dear. So so you oh, and you went right. We've got to geld this horse, and then away you went.
1: Yeah, and away we went. around about about um, about a month or five weeks later, we, uh, on Melbourne Cup day, Canberra. That's right, because Ken had uh, India's Dream in Melbourne, and he was going to stay down for the cup. And I rang him the night before, and I said, "You better get and back this horse." I said, "He'll piss in," and he said, um, "All right." He said, "I'll I'll come up." So rather than go to the Melbourne company to come up, and uh, the horse won by about six lengths, won it easy.
0: Well, if he if he ran last in the trial, then uh, what what price did he open that day?
1: Uh, 7 to 2 3 to 1 7 to 2 Jeez. they all knew he was pretty good but he, I think he started
0: odds on yeah so they was backed him well you got to quit out of him with the, that's the main yeah. thing and I'm, I'm tipping Ken would have got to quit out of him as well so well, that's why that's why he started odds on yeah exactly so in terms of though he, he's he, you know you're dealing with good horses he'd yeah. won a few good races before this bloke come along so what he was doing on the track gave you because I mean t- to have a, a goal and a dream to go right we win on Melbourne Cup Day at at Canberra, But then to want to get in the float and go to the Gold Coast and then obviously to, to then end up in slippers and, and black ovals and whatnot. He must have been doing something pretty special at home. Oh, he
1: was, yeah. Yeah, he was working with the older horses and he was matching them easily. and you know, like, But he was a funny horse. He, he, he never won a track gallop. He, he'd stay with him, but he never actually put pose him a track gallop. But when race day came, he just pinned the lids and off he'd go.
0: Yeah. What about that day he won the black opal?
1: Uh, that was probably all the footy I played, Dave, and all the racing I'd been in, that was probably the most nervous i have been because it was Canberra's first hope of actually winning a, winning a black oval because each year Tommy Smith or Jack Dennon or De horse from Melbourne, they'd come up and win it, win our big race every year. And it was Canberra's first really live chance of winning it. And, um, oh, gee, the bloody pressure that was coming on, coming towards the race, you know. Every man, his dog was ringing up wishing me good luck, which, which I appreciated. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you just want the race to be run and won.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then obviously that day, that was the day Tony Campbell, who was a good mate of yours, he said, let's go, baby. <laughs> yeah,
1: he was a great mate of mine, Tony's, You know, like, um, he, he actually came over here to call the football. And that's where I first met him. And we'd become very good mates. And then when he got sick, well, we had him here and Sue, Sue was sort of his nurse trying to get him right and we did get him right the first time but then about I think seven or eight years later it came back on him and unfortunately we lost him.
0: Mm, yeah, that was that was that was very, very sad, mate. Um you had that experience with Clan O'Sullivan and then what about this horse Catbird?
1: Yeah, well he came along and then yeah. Uh, yeah. We were actually I got a bit of a surprise when Ken rang me to train him because he gave a lot of money for him at the Easter sales and guy was hunting up and all the, every trainer in Australia was hunting up to get him. And then about, well, probably a month after the sales, his manager, Merlin Connery, rang me and said, uh, i got some good news for you. And I said, what's that? He said, "That Daniel cold. Colt. He said, Ken wants you to train him. I said, Jesus. I said, we would just go on the same path as we did with Clay," mm. and which we did if we followed exactly the same path.
0: So you went yeah. to... you went. He went up to Queen, went to Doombin? No, or no, to, no, no, no. No, he
1: wasn't, he was not, a, he was a Mr. Horse. He, he, wasn't, uh, okay. Major, so he wasn't eligible for the Magic Minions, but um, he won, he won three straight at Randwick, and then we brought him back here for the Black Opal preview, and he won that, and then he went into the Black Opal, and um, he won that, and then I gave him three weeks in between runs, and um no, there was a bit of drama there. They didn't think he should have three weeks between runs between the Black Opal and the Golden Slipper. But anyhow, I got my own one and he went into the Golden Slipper and, and um, he won it, which was a big kick for everybody.
0: What What was more... Tell me this. Obviously, it's special to win a Golden Slipper. You, that, you'll never have that taken away from you. But to win, it sounds like to win that Black Opal, that first Black Opal with Clan, that's the one that you might have got a bit emotional about.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, very, very emotional. You know, and um, my wife, Sue, that's... You know, she's had it, what a bit of into, right? She's the Black Opal and the Cox Plate. Well, we've won the Black Opal, but I don't about the Cox Plate. <laughs> yeah. I think it's out the window now.
0: <laughs> We're chatting this morning with Frank Cleary. Of course, it's Black Opal Week. And, uh, Frank, let's talk about the way in which, you know, obviously your career's gone on now. You've got uh, your sons, obviously, involved, your family. There's, all, there's racing all throughout the... The Cleary family—you must be proud of what they've done.
1: Oh yeah, 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 and you know, like um, my great nephew Jet Stanley—he's he's riding and he's riding very well. He's, he's
0: yeah. just
1: kicked up his career, but he's—he's a, he's a tall boy, but he rides really well. You know, so he's got a better—he's pr- got a better
0: of got a better head on him than Sparky Brand Fair Dinkum. He's a <laughs> lunatic.
1: <laughs> I Think that's in the family.
0: <laughs> I think, there's a there's a few lunatics around Queensland, isn't there?
1: Yeah, a bit like the Al Sostanudas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what what yeah. has been, what's one day at the races for our listeners? Might be a big plunge you pulled off with an owner. Uh, might be a good horse. What's the one day that sticks right out?
1: I think that horse of Dominic Burns um, shot of comfort when he won the Vars at Moonee Valley. Uh, I spoke to Dom the night before and I said, whatever beats this horse I'll win, I said, he's flying. And Mark Montfort was down there and he got on the phone to Dom and yeah, I think he's back from tens into nine to four or something. It was a huge plunge for a for Cox plate day. It was a huge plunge. And and it, actually, I was with Dom's wife Cheryl at the time. And when they went past the post, I thought we got beat. And then this big rule went up. And uh, I thought it must have been for the Melbourne horse. But no, it was ours. We were number one shot of comforts. good up.
0: Wow. And, yeah. and you had to quit on? Yes, a little bit. Well, yeah, a little bit. Well, that's all. Uh, now, I. I... Unfortunately, and I like to. though also ask. I like to ask the good and the bad. What's been the one day where you went home and you you kicked the bin? You thought fair, income and it should have gone differently. The script. What's the one one race or day that got away from it?
1: <coughs> Not hard, mate. The Golden Slipper, clean out the Golden Slipper. Golden slipper.
0: Yeah.
1: I get a replay of it one day, and you'll know you'll know why I kicked the team.
0: Yeah, I did watch that replay last night, actually.
1: Yeah, it was. Cruel to watch the way they took him on. You know they just give themselves no hat Those wakes. Yeah. Give themselves no hope. And anyway, they they're on a mission, and good luck to
0: them. What What do you What do you do? And it's a situation I've never been in. It's probably a situation you never want to be in ever again. You won't be in again. But I mean, it, you you've got so much emotion running through you. You, it, the horse becomes more than just a commodity, doesn't it? He becomes like a bit of a family member. He's, you're very attached, and then it's a big day like that. You come back. How do you compose yourself, or did you not compose yourself after that? Was it? Oh, you,
1: you've got to. You know, you're in a very professional game, and you've yeah. got to. to you've got to regroup. I was very lucky that I played footy at a pretty good level, you know. And you, you get disappointment. You get out on the paddock at times, you know. You have just got to grin and bear it. Yeah, but it, uh, there wasn't much grin, and I can tell. You. Yeah. I
0: just, I can and and yeah. what about um, other horses in your stable that don't get a rap and a mention? You know, that what about the other horses that? Always paid their way that you become stable favourites. What were some of them?
1: Oh, Friends Venture, like that horse with seven and his, with all the owners, they, they call him Friends Venture because they're all very close friends. Mark Carney from Newcastle and John Percy from Coombe, they're all very close friends. And um, that's what they called a Friends Venture. But he was a real good horse. And the other one that um, I had a lot of time for was Bomber Command because he won the Queenian and Cup for me. Alex owned him, Alex Smith and Timmy Chang. You know they were great owners. I was a lot of fun with those fellas. And yeah. um, uh, but Bomber Command, he, that winning the Queensland Cup had been bloody trying to use to win it, they couldn't. And When he finally won it, I thought, well, it's, you know, it's a monkey off my back.
0: There's a famous story that Laurie Daly tells me. I think he's told it on air a few times about uh, and you're involved because obviously you were great mates with Laurie's old man uh, there in mm. um, in Canberra in Queensland, and he was obviously from E because of the links with, obviously, JR and whatnot, and one of your sons, it was the, the Rothman medal. They used to, for those younger listeners, it was the, we've got the Dally M now, but well, correct me if I'm wrong, and what that's what it was. It was a Rothman medal back then, or was that for the grand yeah. final? Uh, no, it was, yeah, it, it won the Dally M. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and
0: they'd,
1: they'd, they got money off me, the tourist on the, when was the grand final? It was probably on the Monday, I think it
0: was. They they reckon they were gonna get fishing chips. So that's right, yeah. So okay, so you get the Rothman Medal for playing in the grand final or there's some I've got to get the story right here just so we've got the context right. I got Tanya looking at me. Tanya the referees, the referees the best of the Right, year. so the the referees picked the best player of the game, right? And,
1: yeah.
0: and that and that was the Rothman Medal. And obviously with technology they couldn't, you know, do it all then and there. It was a couple of days later. So the Clive Churchill, what we know as the Clive Churchill Medal now, was the Rothmans Medal back in the day, and that's what Laurie had won. Laurie yeah, had
1: no, won. No, 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 no. No. Um, I think Clyde won, the, won the, uh, the, the the on the on the day. Right. But Laurie Laurie had won the Dalli M, which was right quite
0: the M. Right. Yeah,
1: he, he won, won that.
0: something. He was a good player. Yeah, and
1: he, he was. He was away with he was away with my son Ben, and they up they took. Well, actually, they left the pub to go and buy fish and chips.
0: So hang on, I like this. So so they're at the tourist hotel with you. And yeah. the two of them are in board shorts and thongs and shirt. Yeah, yeah. And what? what is this? Is it a Tuesday afternoon or a Wednesday afternoon or whenever it is?
1: Yeah. And well, they, they're getting 50 off me, 50 off someone else, 50 off someone else. And I thought, they must be going to buy the bloody fish shop. <laughs> so they've said <laughs> yeah. they're
0: going to get fish and chips. Can we have 50, Franco?
1: Yeah. Right. And about, five, about five hours later, they rang up and they said, we're just getting the fish and chips now. And I said, where are you? And they said, Fisherman's Wharf at the Gold Coast. <laughs> Oh, right. God, oh, I said, oh, And are they getting money up everywhere?
0: Yeah, that's true. L- Laurie yeah, said. That, that
1: was, yeah, anyhow, um, it was the next day, I think, that uh, Peter Felinda rang me. And he said, Frank, can I confide in you? And I said, yeah, what's this? he said, I've got to get hold of Laurie Daly. He said, I've got to get hold of Emergent. And I said, mate, I don't know where they are. You know, I, I thought I'd cover for Loz and and not going to cover. But then about 10 minutes later, he rang me back. He said, "Look, I on pretty good authority that you know where they are." And I said, um, ring the banana tavern on the Gold Coast." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "He rang me back about twenty minutes later." He said, "You should have been the detective." He said, "I'll tell you now, to keep under your hat. He's one of the Bell And I oh. said, "Right, I'll keep under my hat." But uh, no, that's a, that's one Larry Davies story. Yeah, oh,
0: uh, you'd have you'd have a few, but that that's what it was like back then. And that and you obviously got to see that generation of the Raiders. Uh, even that morning we were there uh, in Queen Queanbeyan broadcasting for the Kosciuszko, mate. Um, you know, Ricky was there that morning and uh, very, very close-knit community are down there.
1: Oh, it is, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, as you say, we've always had a close affiliation with the Raiders. Actually, I'm on the board of the Queen and Club and Chairman of Queen United, which is the governing body of the Raiders, so I've got to stay a bit close to them.
0: Yeah, you do, mate. What about yeah. um racing? It must blow you away that you know what you were well actually what were you racing for? Well that day on Melbourne Cup day that Clan O'Sullivan won that 2-year-old race. What did you what did you win? What was the prize money for first?
1: Uh probably 8,000 or something.
0: Can you man, can you believe now we're going to Queen Vic 1000 uh, Queen on showcase days racing for thirty, forty, fifty thousand?
1: 50,000? Yeah, yeah. I'd uh, I'd like to bring some of those sources back. to oh. handy
0: Hundred percent races like the Kosciuszko, Osco Million Bucks, uh, yeah. Country yeah. Championships.
1: Yeah, well, see, so Gilded Youth—he went—he'd he, be an ideal horse for that because he won and won the Wagga Town Plate and he won the Farmer Cup. He was a real good horse, horse and that's one of John McIntyre's horses. That yeah, he—he he had um, with Alan Hawke, who recently passed away. He was chairman of the um, of the Raiders. He just recently passed away, which is sad, but he was a great owner for me too.
0: When you get to the nation's capital on Sunday, I'm tipping you might be there, Black Opal Day, or if you're watching from afar, what, what's the first memory that you have every time you walk in the gate?
1: Black Opal Day?
0: Yeah, or just when, yeah. You, when you get to when you get to the race at Canberra, what's that first thought you always have?
1: About the Black Opal is my wife's getting caught in the barbed wire fence and it's the very first one in 1972. We're
0: trying to get through the fence. She got hung up. What was she <laughs> trying to sneak in?
1: No, no, no. We were just that parked that far away. So we decided to go cross-country, not realising there was a money fence there. <laughs> this was in the early dating days, so I, I, I didn't grab a real well there.
0: Oh, I so see. But she stuck solid.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, wonderful lady. And when I was cook, she was a wonderful nurse.
0: Yeah. How are you going with your health?
1: Oh, I'm okay now, Dave, yeah. Yeah, I was on the ropes there for a while, mate, but i am I'm come good now and... um Looking forward, I just got myself another little yearling the other day, so I'm all primed up for next year's black Oval.
0: Okay, so you so you you're so what what are you what are you going to do with that yearling?
1: I got the. old Paul Blackman rang me yesterday and said he's getting started to get broken in today. So beautiful. It's a Harry Angel. Okay. Yeah. No. Nice horse. Really, really nice colt.
0: I like it. I like it. You know what? And, and when you were quite crook there for a while. Um you know, the, the way in which people respond to that, I mean, obviously, your, your family and friends, you, you get to really see who who out there are the real ones, don't you? Oh, of course you do, yeah. Yeah, of so, course
1: you do. You know, they were solid,
0: mate. 100%. Are you going to be there on Sunday?
1: Uh, no, no, I won't be. I've got, I've got to go to uh, Maitland for a wedding.
0: Okay, well, mate, uh, we'll be there. We'll have a beer for you, myself and Lukey. Are your uh, sons going to be there, those lunatics?
1: Oh, they'll be there. Okay. <laughs> Over there, with bells on that, Jason He'll be there for sure. Yeah, yes. Maddie will be there. <laughs> so uh, no, it's always a great day. You know, it's a funny... I went to that um, like Opal uh, cocktail party the other night when Johnny Tapp did the Phantom call, and yeah. it was a good night.
0: Yeah, no, it looked a great night. Good.
1: Yeah, really good.
0: Yeah, I thought he was going to call your horse home though, Tappy.
1: I didn't have a place. Either.
0: No, did you give him a spray? <laughs>
1: No, no. A, lot of, a lot of a lot of the people couldn't work it out because both both Catbird and Cronulla Sullivan were the Australasian champions of
0: the year. Yes, and uh, come on, Tabby. What do you have? Here a Criterion, didn't he? any have Criterion winning it? Yeah, but it, apparently that format was it's what they did after the Black Oval. Ah, oh, right. we we
1: all thought it, we all thought the Black Oval, was, you know, like a lot of the Blacks, you oh, about Cronulla at Catbird and Queen, but it's what they did after their career, after their Black Oval. You should have given him a
0: spray, Franco. No, he's my mate. I know. I know. He's a champion, Tappy. He's an absolute champion. And that was brilliant to see him calling down. I tell you what, he could pick up the binoculars and, and call and when you when you hear him and 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 um uh Ian Craig and you hear that those those dulcet tones of those gentlemen, you the memories just come flooding back, don't they? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. And uh, we were actually talking about one night he had to do a phantom call of the um of the Bega Cup many, many years ago. And uh for some reason we were at the Tartar Tartra Hotel and Terry Buckridge is with us and um Tappy he just released that go 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 little hondo. Yes. And about I don't know, about two in the morning we'll sit down on the front veranda of that Tartra pub giving a little hondo a hobble up. <laughs> We had nothing along. And then Tappy's invented this fishing trip for the next day. There was only three of us turned up. Kathy stayed in bed and Curry backwards, mouth is and myself. Uh, it was lovely out there in this bloody swirl of ocean and after a belly full, it was real nice.
0: Oh, well, mate, <laughs> I hope you have a good wedding next week. It's been wonderful to talk with you today and uh, invoke some of those memories. Uh, you've achieved a lot, and I look forward to seeing how this Harry Angel cult goes.
1: Excited. Yeah, no, I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to him too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, we'll keep the Lorry Daily story for another day.
0: Oh well, have you got have you got a good Laurie one we can finish on? I've got a beauty. All right, where you go. We had
1: it we had our um had our little horse called Gom Jabber in Melbourne. There was um Ricky, Laurie, Clyde herself. I think Toots was yeah, yeah, two of the Raider Boys. We had and she was a good little mare. She she I up winning about half a dozen races for us. But we took her to Melbourne and on Cox Plate Day. And she run forth. And Laurie had a few the digs at me. So that afternoon, Brett Stanley said to us, don't even try and get a taxi. He said, get a, get a tram. <laughs> so we're on the tram and all these young blokes, must have been Aussie Rules had come up to me and they said, uh, are you playing clearing? And I said, yeah. And they said, who's that rugby bloke down there talking to your wife and that? There's that rugby bloke? And I said, oh, David Campese." And they said, that's who it is, David Campese." And <laughs> We've got off the train, and they're saying goodbye, Franco. See you, Campo. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he wasn't impressed.
0: Oh, that's gold. That's gold. Have a good big, day, Franco. The
1: big, the big nose got bigger.
0: <laughs> oh. Have a good day, Franco. Love talking to you, mate, and I'll catch up with you soon, all right?
1: Good on your day. Thanks for, thanks for having
0: me on, mate. No dramas whatsoever. Frank Cleary, an absolute legend and... Looking forward to the Black Opal. And what horse will etch its name in history this particular Sunday? But, yeah, two great horses there with Claire O'Sullivan and Catbird. Just absolutely brilliant.